0: Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the Sermon of the Week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. It's good to have you here this morning, and uh, it's going to be a great, great uh, next couple of days with our friend Ivan Tate. And uh, I first met Ivan, golly, more than 20 years ago, probably now, and uh, he's a passionate lover of Jesus, and he does many, many things. Um, he travels America and ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, And uh, but his main passion is rescuing orphans and widows, and um, I have had the pleasure of being a part of... Uh, a small part of that at his orphanage in Guatemala, right outside of Antigua. It's a beautiful place. And when you think orphanage, please don't think um, a place where they warehouse kids. I want you to think of a beautiful. Oh, how many acres, Ivan? Now, do you have out there on top of that mountain? Hundred acres, thirty. 30, 40, 50, a lot. Beautiful buildings, all tiled, kids being fed fantastic meals every day with their own school, their own doctors. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful place on top of a mountain where kids get rescued from the garbage dump. And he'll probably share a little bit about that as time goes on over the next couple of days. And then Africa as well. And uh, we love him. He has a passion for God, and that's what makes him uh, a strong brother in the Lord. So, you know, there are times in our lives where we say, "You know what? I need to set aside some time because I really want to hear from the Lord. I want fresh direction and anointing in my life." That's what happens when Ivan comes. So, tonight at six thirty, and then the next two nights, Monday and Tuesday night as well, we've arranged childcare uh, for your children up through I think it's fifth grade. Is that correct? Someone help me? Yes. And uh, each each night we'll start at 6.30, so come on out. And Ivan's got some books that he's written, some product that is over there on that table. You'll hear more about that. But uh, we bless you, Ivan. Thanks for coming. It's, It's a pleasure when you're here, and you're always an encouragement to us. We bless you and your family. And it would be appropriate for us, if you would, one last time, stand to your feet and welcome this man of God this morning, Brother Ivan Tate, as he comes and ministers the Lord this morning. Thank you, brother.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Eric. Good morning, everybody. We are so happy to be here, and um, thank the Lord. We have a few things over on the table that you might be interested in. If you are a daily Christian, a person that has a daily relationship with God, uh, rather than a weekend Christian, but if you're a daily Christian and you realize, wow, I need encouragement every day. Like, I need to stay positive and deal with the negativity around me every day. Letters from God is a book that will really keep you encouraged every day of the year. If God wrote you a letter every day, what would he say? So that's what the book is about. Go uh, read your birthday. Secondly, uh, The Encouraged Parent is for those of you that want and need constant encouragement as a parent. The new title for that book is called The Prophetic Parent because in the book we have written prophetic prayers for you to pray over your children, which really will give you a different kind of edge over your child and help them also view their life from a prophetic perspective, that they are not just regular children, they are a prophetic word from God themselves. Their actual life is a prophecy from God when they walk with God. Also, we have back there Untouchable, which is about uh, 11 hours of training on spiritual warfare. Everyone is in warfare probably almost every day. And there are ways to shut that down, to close that down, but you've got to know what kind of warfare you're in. You also have to know where it's coming from and you have to know how to turn it off because it's really tormenting if you can't sleep, if you have anxiety attacks, if you're worried, if you're afraid, if you're under stress and pressure, this is all warfare. If your mind is going crazy, if you're fearful all the time, this is warfare. And then you have warfare that comes from other people going through warfare, other people having issues, other people having battles. Then you come, the whole realm of finances, that by itself is a whole realm of warfare. You have the whole realm of relationships with parents and sisters, brothers, uncles, aunts, friends, neighbors, all the different people. And then you have the demonic warfare that comes from demons. That's a whole nother realm with a whole nother section to it. And of course, then you have the greatest warfare of all. And that's when you have to battle with yourself and live with the things inside of you that have not been yet resolved and brought to a place of peace. All that training Will help you, and will change your life. Praise the Lord. So, that's what it's about. Because remember, you're never supposed to stop your learning and education as a Christian from day one till the day you die. You will be learning more on how to become more successful, more victorious, more powerful, more anointed, more relevant, more more uh, secure, more stable, more understanding, more wise, and all of that is entire realms of walking with. God. God, Christianity is not just getting saved, but it's also what I'm going to talk about this week, which is possessing your inheritance and literally coming into everything Jesus has bought and paid for and you actually own. But if you don't know how to withdraw it from the bank, even if you have a million dollars in the bank, if you don't know where the bank's at. If you don't know how to withdraw it from the bank, it's going to be really sad to know you're a millionaire that can't find their millions. That's Christianity without understanding. And, and that's what we're going to get into, the laws of possessing your inheritance very 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 important so we'll get into all that in a little bit we have a video we want to show you go ahead here we and play are in
2: that. 2021 in the first six months of this year we have seen so much growth in casa angelina we started having teams come down again one team was able to complete a much needed road on the property above casa angelina they were also able to clear a large piece of land getting it ready for our hotel. Also, as has long been a dream at Casa Angelina, we are getting ready for a malnourishment clinic. The pad was leveled in preparation and the storage containers that previously occupied this pad have now been moved to the back of the property where we have a whole storage container facility under construction right now. Also, we are so happy to say that the top level of the Ministry House is being completed. There will be three apartments there used for housing. We were able to begin construction on the Creative House. This is an incredible home that will house all of our college girl students. We are so excited to say that because of your support, we have opened the new level of our school. They have been so blessed to receive dozens of new children at Cas Angelina. Here they have the opportunity to learn about Jesus, to learn about forgiveness, to learn about love, and to receive the love that Jesus has for them. Also this year, we have 103 widows in our widows program, and we have doctors who go and visit every single one of them during the month. We have had to divide our clinic into two parts. One part that services all the needs of the children at Casa Angelina, and another part of our clinic that has stayed open to help the needs of the community and the surrounding villages. The children had the most amazing Easter. We had a play that taught them all about the love of Jesus. We followed it up with tons of games. Also, we were able to do baptisms. A businessman here in Guatemala lent us the use of his heated pool. It was a truly memorable occasion. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for remembering these children and these widows. And thank you for your support in making their lives amazing.
1: Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, so we're going to have four encounters this week, this morning, tonight, Monday and Tuesday. They really are encounters because that's all there is with God. There's just encounters. There's not like anything else. If you meet God, it's an encounter. If you don't meet God, is religion. And so you just gotta determine if you wanna have an encounter with God. But here's the reality. We're gonna talk about the laws of possessing. This is called the promised life because God has promised you a particular kind of life. If you're not living that kind of life, there is a reason. And so we've gotta find out the answers those questions because not everyone's Christianity is equal. Some people, their Christianity is full of miracles. It's full of signs and wonders. It's full of healing. It's full of blessing. It's full of joy. It's full of peace. It's full of prosperity. Lots of people's relationship with God is very personal, very intimate, very tangible, very real, very satisfying, very fulfilling, and very completing. Some people's relationship with God is very visionary, purpose-filled, full of direction, and most important, a complete and total sense of destiny like some Christians really believe they were born for a divine purpose here on earth. And they actually live that. Then you have a whole nother set of Christians whose walk with God is very defeated, discouraged, burdensome, very uh, fearful, full of anxiety, full of all types of addictions and bondages, lots of anger, lots of depression, lots of loneliness, lots of emptiness, a constant searching of the soul, thirst, hunger, incompleteness, brokenness, and all different types of problems you've got to decide which one you have. Because God never promised you the negative side. That's actually not in the Bible. These are not; Those are not the promises of God. They are our experiences for reasons that we're going to find out and we're going to get the solutions so you don't actually have to have that. Because it's of no benefit to have the title of a Christian And the experiences of godless lost people. If you have the title, but don't have the experience, you're still poor and you're still broke, though you actually have everything given to you because it was bought at Calvary by Jesus. So whatever problems you have, the answers have already been provided. We just have to learn how to appropriate them, obtain them, and receive them. If you're crazy right now, sitting there, and you say, wow, I'm crazy. If people tell you you're crazy, understand there is a solution for crazy. If you're disillusioned, empty, broken, sad, defeated, and depressed, there is a solution in God for that. If you're unhappy, miserable, despairing, despondent, and full of futility, there's an answer for that. God doesn't just tease us with promises. He does not just say, oh, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, that your joy might be full. He didn't just give that promise just to tease everybody. And then everybody's depressed all the time. So Christianity then is based on your knowledge of obtaining and possessing what Jesus already has bought and paid for you to have. Everybody got that so far? Let's go to 1 Peter and begin chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And here it is to an inheritance. Everybody say it out loud I have an inheritance. Now, how many of you would get excited if I told you that I had put $10 million under your seat? How many of you would get excited? And if you knew I was serious and it was true and you reached under and felt the 10 million I'm just asking would that alter your attitude this morning? (laughs) And if I would say it's tax free just grab it and take it. Now how many of you would gently grab it? Like or would some of you have a bit of a riot would you jump up and down screaming and yelling would some of you be ridiculous and get out of your your aisle and run around the church and go up here and cause havoc everywhere and and grab people and shake them and throw each other against walls and run on top of the chairs and do this these ridiculous undignified behaviors. Very few of you would just grab the money and say, oh, $10 million. How nice. Would you like to go for tea? Even the the deadest of you, even those of you that are like a dry post would turn into crazy people. You see, the reason a lot of us do not have a happy life is because we are not walking in our inheritance. We have an intellectual inheritance in ideas and thought, but we do not have an inheritance of tangible substance. If I say to you, God has given you all the joy you'll ever need and you have to take Prozac, then what I am saying to you is not ringing true with you and you will eventually stop going to church because all the promises that I'm telling you you have, you're not experiencing any of them. But if you take some cocaine, then you get high right away. This is how the devil works. The devil says, oh, they're just making a bunch of empty promises, but take a hit of this. So God is not evil. God is good. God is love. And God has provided for you an inheritance. Look what it says. Undefiled. Satan's inheritance is defiled. Every time you eat a piece of Satan's candy, you have to pay taxes. You don't just take cocaine and not pay taxes. You don't just take methamphetamines and not pay taxes. You don't just have an affair and not pay taxes. You don't just get drunk and not pay tax. You don't watch pornography and not pay taxes. A piece of your soul is going to be taken from you by the devil. And every time you eat his candy, the next time you've got to eat a little bit more. Because his inheritance is defiled, but God's is not. Anything of God heals something sick in you. Tell that to somebody next to you. Say anything that comes from God heals something sick inside you. Then it says unfading. It doesn't get weaker as time goes on. It's not going to fade. It just keeps getting stronger. And imperishable. Actually, God's inheritance, the one he wants you to have, is eternal in its properties. It is not of this earth. It does not decay or corrode. It is an inheritance created by God in heaven. It is a piece of himself given to you. And it cannot perish. It cannot fade. And it cannot be corrupted. So everybody say, that's what I want. So Christianity then is broken up into those that have and those that have not. Religion then is the part of the have-not. Religion is the promise without the substance. True relationship with God and Christianity is the promise with the substance. If you don't have the substance, you are practicing religion. Even if it's Holy Ghost religion, Because you can speak in tongues, you can believe in miracles, you can believe in healing and get used to it, take it for granted, and then it no longer have any life-changing, transforming power in your life because your personal relationship with God has faded. You want to have a beautiful marriage? The answer is not changing your husband as badly as you think it is the answer is not changing your wife that's not the answer the answer is when you have the inheritance of heaven inside you in tangible form love joy and peace you can taste it it's with you all day every day Victory, wisdom, discernment, power, supernatural energy, miracles, signs and wonders, the tangible presence of God in your life. And it doesn't matter what anybody says or does. It cannot be taken from you. Then, if your husband is a lousy husband, it will not bother you. Ivan, that can't be true. Absolutely cannot be true unless you get your inheritance. And then at one point you say, you know, you're crazy. I love you, I'm gonna keep loving you, and I'm just gonna keep believing God, but you're nuts, God bless you. I ain't going nowhere, but you're really messing stuff up. It could be much more beautiful than it is. Give someone next to you a high five and say, you really need this today. So all the preaching and all the singing in the world is going to make absolutely no difference if you don't know what those laws of possessing your inheritance are. If you don't know what they are, nothing is going to get better. Your life is not going to get better just because you come to church. It's what you get out of church and take home with you that changes the circumstances of your existence you're going to be just as mean when you leave today as you were when you came if you don't get something from god you're going to you're going to still be a complaining addict of constant griping and complaining if you do not get touched by god and if you do not get some insight on your inheritance so let's read, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. Then in Ephesians 1:4, who is the guarantee Jesus who is the guarantee of our inheritance? So Jesus is the guarantee because he paid for it, until we acquire, look, listen to this, until we acquire possession of it, To the praise of his glory. Meaning, this, that if you don't learn some specific information, you cannot unlock the inheritance that belongs to you. Meaning that you will live your life as a Christian, poor and broke, spiritually speaking. You will not have love, joy, and peace. You will not have victory over sin. You will not be Christ like. You will not have supernatural power. You will not have the ability to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and know what's wrong with people so you can bless them. You will not have the gift of healing so that when you lay hands on the sick, they recover. Or the gift of miracles so that they can come out of wheelchairs. You will not have wisdom to figure out difficult things. Problems that you're going through. You will not have understanding on how to raise your children so that they fear and love the Lord all the days of their life. And you will not know how to get out of the ditches and dungeons of despair that were given to you by your parents and your grandparents in your DNA. You will be the slave of your DNA till you die. You are not just cursed with DNA. You are destroyed by DNA. And if you don't learn how to overcome that DNA and change your DNA from your natural inheritance of your parents and grandparents to your divine inheritance with Jesus and say, I choose Jesus and I choose the DNA of heaven. If you don't know how to separate that, then you are going to be a Christian that is going to have to say there's nothing in church, Christianity does not work, there's no joy and peace, I need a Bud Light. That's what you're going to do. How do you know if you're a religious Christian? Because Jesus is not enough. That's how you know. That's how you know. Jesus is not enough for you. You need cocaine, you need heroin, you need marijuana, you need to smoke a reefer from time to time, you need to have an affair periodically, and if you're not going to have an affair, you at least need to watch naked people doing things because there's these appetites and these hungers of your Adamic nature. They must be fed or they must be killed. And if you don't know how to kill them, then you're going to feed them. You don't argue at home by accident, it's a DNA curse. You don't feel depressed and like committing suicide, that's a DNA curse. You're not lonely even though you have a lot of people that love you, that's a DNA curse. You're not unhappy in your marriage by accident, it's a DNA curse. It's a lack of an inheritance. It's not having what Jesus bought and paid for with his death and resurrection. Praise the Lord. So, what I'm saying is Christianity doesn't work without the knowledge of possessing. It doesn't work. It only works for those of you that came into Christianity with no problems. because some of you are raised by good and moral people. You never drank, you never smoked, you never took drugs, you never cussed, you never lied. You're raised in a moral home by moral people, so you haven't tasted all the poisons that some of the people in here have tasted. You didn't spend 10 years as an alcoholic. You didn't spend 10 years as a drug addict. You didn't have three or four marriages and slept with everybody that would sleep with you as whoever they were, man, woman, or child, or animal. But when you are of that group, Christianity, normal stuff, it doesn't work. Religion doesn't work. This has got to be the Jesus activated in all his power, the Word activated in all its power, the Holy Spirit activated in all its power, and you literally become a sign and a wonder of the miracle goodness of Almighty God. I don't know why you're sitting down right now. If I was you, I'd be standing up, shouting, praising God, lifting my hands, doing some kind. Let's take a praise break, everybody. Come on. Just praise. Come on. Take a little praise break. So, again... For those of you that are content, content with your life as it is, no one can help you. You have the greatest curse of all resting on you, the curse of indifference. You cannot be helped unless you throw that out by repenting for not caring. Because we got to have some encounters this week. We got four services to have them. And I'm going to give you everything I got. And we're going to expect the Holy Ghost to flow. Praise the Lord. Look at someone next to you and say, man, I'm into that. Let me speak to the lady right there, ma'am. You're sitting next to that. Yeah, yeah. Stand up for a second, would you? And extend your hands over there. I hear the Lord keep telling me this, but you are entering a great year of victory. You're going to overcome some things that have defeated you for years. You're going to overcome them and they're going to stay overcome. They're not just going to be overcome for like a little bit. They're going to stay overcome. You're going to overcome those things and they will not rise again. Nahum 1.9 says, The afflictions of bondage that came upon you as a child shall not rise a second time. So I am now severing you from your DNA connections, breaking the power of that over you, and destroying, destroying the lying thoughts in your mind that tell you it's not going to happen. That is over. When that is done, which will happen in a period of three years, all these victories, you will then become a very powerful deliverance woman that can set the captives free. Everybody say praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So when... When when we when we walk in through the doors of a church, we walk in through the doors of a church. We are then putting ourselves in a place where God can reach us, or or because of our mindset our unbelief mindset because remember, churches without the moving of the Holy Spirit create an atmosphere of unbelief. That is the job of a religion. It creates the atmosphere of unbelief. Everybody already knows what's going to happen before it happens. That's called religion. What we are wanting is an encounter with God as our sister who spoke this morning was talking about. That's what we want. Praise the Lord. Now, not all of you want that because like I said, you're satisfied with what you have and you don't want anybody, you know, overturning your cart and messing up your life. So this is for the hungry soul. This is for those that cannot take what they have. They say, man, I can't take this anymore. This has got to be something more. Let's say it all out loud. There's got to be. Say it to a few people around you. There's got to be. Joshua 13 and verse 1. Joshua was old. And full of years, and this is what the Lord said to him, there still remains much more land for you to occupy. Tell your neighbor that there's a lot more for you. Just paraphrase it. There's a lot more for you. Is there a lot more for destiny? So possessing something is to own it. To own it. To own all of its ingredients, all of the things that define that thing, you own it because you possess it. Or it possesses you. So all of the things we're talking about then, for your life, ask yourself this question, what do you need? What do you need right now in your life? What is it you don't have that you believe God promised you? In Joshua 21, 43, it says this, after years of war, God gave Joshua rest for 40 years from all of his enemies because that's part of your inheritance, rest. Fearlessness, divine health, Longevity, victory, understanding, boldness, courage, bravery, a divine mission, a divine purpose, a divine calling, success in all of its realms, prosperity in all of its manifestations, joy in every aspect of life, Peace ruling every situation of your family. (laughs) Business success. Business success. Where your business is so successful and so prosperous that you are like, wow. God has blessed my business so much that I am now going to double it. Then I'm going to triple it. Then I'm going to train others to do it. Now I'm training 10. Now I'm training 100. Now I'm a millionaire. Now I built an entire church with one check. Now I built an orphanage with one check. Now I just gave 10 million. This year I will give 100 million. Now I'm just living off the interest and giving the rest away. You see, these are pipe dreams. For those of you with no faith as a gift living inside you. To the Holy Spirit, believing that is nothing since God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. How poor are you? And why are you poor? Well, there's somebody I just can't love. You're poor. You know, that person, I don't love them. I want God to kill them in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) Murder them. And if you don't go through those feelings, then you live in a cocoon of some sort. Hating people you know is normal, it's not healthy. And it makes Satan your pastor, but it is reality. If you don't know how to get out of hate within the first 10 seconds, it could take root. You got to know how, ooh, hate, Satan wants to pastor me, no way. You got to learn how to shove that aside. Bless those that curse you, pray for those that persecute you, give to those that are stealing from you. This is another kind of Christianity, but it's part of your inheritance. Well, I'm never going to talk to her again because of the way she looked at me. She gave me that high eyebrow and I'm done. I'm done. I've done everything I can. I cooked for that woman. When they were sick, I fed them all. I cleaned their house. What do I get when I'm sick? Nothing. Nobody even calls me. You see, because your Christianity is very selfish and conditional. And this is a curse of life. It's an eye for an eye, even in the church. That's not part of your inheritance. Praise the Lord. Well, let's take another praise break. Come on. So, when you and I, brothers and sisters, when you and I, and members of the jury, when you and I... Do not receive our inheritance as a Christian. When you come in here year after year, service after service, and really nothing is changing about you. You settled into the groove of your life. And the groove of most people's lives is like this. They go to work. They come home and eat. They watch TV. They go to sleep. They wake up. They eat. They go to work they come home and they eat they watch tv they go to sleep they wake up they eat they go to work they come home they eat and this is a curse not a blessing none of that which has to be done none of that is what god called you to experience that is man without a tangible God in his life. That is a person who believes the right things but is still experiencing the wrong things. What do you want? It's 11 o'clock. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want to keep being made miserable by the miserable people in your life? Do you want them to keep having the power to steal your joy? Do you want people to still have the power to offend you on the highway because they almost killed you and they threw the finger at you like it was your fault and they drive away with your peace? Are you going to be a slave to the imperfections of your husband till you die? Are you going to cry in your bed in loneliness and emptiness because he has an issue with just about everything? Or will you rise above it all? Will you just live in a house where your wife is complaining all day long, finding fault with you, has demasculated you completely, and turned you into a a little child and you hate her and resent her for it, will that ever end? Will there come a day when you wake up and have a sense of destiny for the day and say, God has some assignments for me today and I'm going to go out and live them. I'm only asking questions. Here we are in Illinois. Holla, holla. Praise the Lord. Hug your neighbor next to you. And please ask them to give you $100. (laughs) What happens, everybody? What happens when you do not receive your inheritance as a Christian? What happens? One, when you don't get what God promised... You change the way God looks to you. Ask anybody on the street, what is God like? And they'll give you what he looks like to them. Because that's their experience. So when you don't get the inheritance that Jesus wants you to have, your idea of God changes. If you never get prayers answered, your idea of God changes. If you never see miracles, your idea of God changes. If you don't ever see God raise the dead, cure the sick, baptize people in the Holy Ghost, deliver people from demonic activity in their life, your picture of God changes. When you don't get an inheritance, the Bible loses all of its power to be a relative book in your life. That's why you don't ever read it. If you really believe the Bible contained all the secrets, mysteries, and answers of God, there would never be a day you were not in that book every free minute of your day. You would be in there learning it, studying it, mastering its secrets, learning all of its miracle working power and and figuring out how to operate in it. But because the Bible no longer has power to you because you fall asleep when you read it, Because your spirit man is dead. So the Bible has no fire in it. But when a man or a woman whose spirit is fully alive reads it, they get revelation. And they can hardly contain themselves. They got to call somebody and tell them, look what I just read in Psalms. Man, this changed my life forever. God just spoke to me out of this. I can't believe this is totally changing my perspective. Oh my God, my perception of everything is just being totally remade right now. Oh my God, I thought that person was really somebody that the devil sent. But actually God sent them to offend me so that I could be promoted. <laughs> Perspectives change. If you don't get an inheritance and walk in it and you're going from level to level of power and, and victory, you'll get bored. What's the symptom of being bored? Falling asleep in church with your eyes open. <laughs> not bringing your Bible to church and not having anything to write with because you don't have an expectation that anything is going to be said that you need to remember. Remember? That's called religion. Religion is when you go out of obligation and you sit there and you go, wow, that was an interesting talk. Let's go. What do you want to eat? It's not like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, thank you for telling me that. That's the answer right there that I needed. Jesus, help me. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to memorize it right now. And then that's what was a divine rhema word for me from you. That's the answer I've been needing with my mother-in-law. Thank you, almighty God. I'll do that. This is a different kind of thing. Oh, I need to go change that at home. Oh, I need to get rid of all that at home because it's all cursed and demons are attached to it. And so now, because I'm, you're paying for pornography, now you're tithing to Satan. And you're actually sending demons to your children while they sleep because you're paying for it. Now you see that all of you that have been watching pornography just got silent and sad because you realize you're cursing the people you love with your unclean, perverted desires. This is not to condemn you. This is to reveal the tricks of the evil one in our lives. Do you want to be free? Or do you want to just live till you die like you are? Well, I'm kind of old now. There ain't much time left. You know, I'm pretty old. I'm kind of retired from a job. I retired from Jesus. I retired from everything. I just want to make it in. I got my ticket. I'm coming every Sunday to verify it, to make sure my insurance plan is still in motion. But I'm not a soldier, I'm not a warrior, I'm not a Navy SEAL for God, I'm not gonna kill anything, I'm not gonna cut any devil's heads off, I'm not gonna kill any giants, I'm not gonna possess anything, I just wanna be left alone and try not to get mad and angry. I'm gonna tithe. I'm gonna be nice, praise the (laughs) Lord. But leave me alone. What is this called? Selfish Christianity. You have the lifesaver in your hand. The people are drowning right in front of you and you won't even offer your lifesaver to them because you don't care anymore. I'm sorry, this is not for condemnation, but this is for simply revealing the reality that our Christianity is broken. And until we mend it, Nothing is going to get better, and we're actually creating our own future destruction through unbelief and perceiving God differently than He really is. God is the same yesterday. The works that I do shall you do also, and even greater works then these shall you do. You know you're messed up, brothers and sisters, when you, not when you don't love people that don't love you. It's like, they don't love me, I don't love them. No, you're messed up when you don't love people that love you. When you can't even be nice to people who love you, you are separated from God You're in a state of backsliding and you need to repent and come back to Jesus because honestly, we're living in a generation now where the preaching has gotten so watered down and so now the progressive church is taking over a lot of people, which means progressive church, God is love. That's all he is. You can do anything you want live any way you want and still get all the blessings of God. That is a heresy and a perversion. God is not just love, ladies and gentlemen. God is also holy. And he's also truth. Because if all you got is love, then it's a big orgy everywhere. Put holiness in there. and Oh, hey, hmm, ha, hurr. And then add the truth to it and you've got a clear path to walk on. And the world will hate you for it. But we are not concerned about that. I'm concerned with you being deceived to thinking that the Christianity you're experiencing right now is the real one. Praise the Lord. Now, Let me review real quick. Everybody here was born a sinner. Your little children are little sinners. You don't have to teach them. They're just stubborn, they cry, they're selfish, they'll even say no to you, they'll get stubborn, whatever, it's in their nature. We're all born in the world. Satan is over us until we convert, whether we like it or not or believe it or not. He's the prince and the power of the air of this world system. In the Bible, the world is a type of Egypt. Pharaoh is a type of the devil. And the taskmasters with their whips are all the bad habits and addictions you have inherited through DNA. In the world you have misery, suffering, sorrow, emptiness, despair, gloom, weeping, and bondage, and slavery. All you can ever be in the world, any of you, is a slave to something. Okay, so what we have then in the church is Egyptian Christians. These are Christians that are completely worldly. They've never left the world, but they have claimed the benefits of Christianity. They're called Egyptian Christians because they're still of the world, in the world, and Pharaoh still functions in their life. They're miserable, unhappy, tortured, tormented, enslaved, and bound, and cannot get out of it because they're still in Egypt. To get out of Egypt, you got to get desperate like the Israelites did and started crying and groaning and sighing. Then God came down and you got to eat all of Jesus, the whole lamb in the Passover. Every piece of Jesus gets you out of the world. Praise the Lord. Some of you are going to do that this morning. It gets you out of the world. You can spend your whole Christian experience as a pot smoking, sex driven, Perverted, bound up, tortured person claiming you're a Christian while still le- living in Egypt. Or you can say, I want out of this. I don't want somebody with a whip over my back forcing me to do things that I don't want to do, driving me to do things I don't want to do, putting me in places that I don't want to be, committing suicide killing yourself, destroying and murdering others and going to church all at the same time. Look at somebody and say, I want out. Say, I want out of there. Well, I gave you the two ways to get out. Get desperate, eat Jesus. The second place is the wilderness. Look at two or three people. Say, hey, So God's first agenda to get you out of Egypt. God's second agenda is to get Egypt out of you. The wilderness is where God does surgery on you and he pulls the idolater out, the pervert out, the rebel out, the disobeyer, the murderer, the doubter, the unbeliever. He does surgery on you and it pulls it out because he's taking you to your promised life. And in the promised life over there, what you were born to do and be, no slaves can enter. No patients can enter. Just warriors can go in there. And you can only succeed as a warrior if you know the laws of possessing, which we'll give you tonight. Turn to two people and say, híjole. Taught you a whole new language. Now, In the wilderness, if you don't... The only way to get out of the wilderness, because the wilderness is designed so you have Egyptian Christians and wilderness Christians. What is a wilderness Christian? A person who goes around in circles, never learning what God is trying to teach them. They never get rid of the idolatry They never get rid of the unbelief, the lust, the perversion, all the things. They don't get rid of it from the inside. They just got delivered from the power of the world. But now they're going around in circles because they won't learn their lessons. The only way to get out of the wilderness is to learn what God is trying to teach you. If you learn what God is trying to teach you, then you go to the promised life where your true inheritance is waiting. What happens if you won't learn your lesson? Well, in God's way of educating, there's no passing automatically to the next grade if you don't learn first grade. So if you won't do the first thing God tells you, he won't tell you a second thing. You'll have to invent it. If you don't learn what God told you the first time, the first thing he told you, if you don't learn that, there's no automatic pass because of age. So you can be 90 years old and in first grade, still in the wilderness going around in circles till your bones bleach or your body parts fall off. Why is this dangerous? Because after years of not doing what God told you to do, your body parts begin to fall off Now you can't see God because your eyes are gone. You can't hear him because you're deaf. You can't touch him because your hands are not there. And you can't walk with him because you have no feet. This is the consequence of continual disobedience to God's voice in your life. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't get offended at me for preaching to you this way. It is not my job to make you happy. It is my job to define how God works so you can make an educated choice. That is my calling. I am a definer. That's what I'm called to do. I define things. That's my anointing. That's the way I preach. That's the way God made me. And that's what I do. So the choice is on your plate. You've got to choose if you're going to stay in Egypt, stay in the wilderness, or if you're going in to where all your dreams come true. But as a warrior, not as a slave, and not as a patient laying on a gurney, but as a true man and a true woman of God. Not a lazy slob just sitting in in your chair, never learning anything, never getting better and never improving and ultimately never changing. You You with me so far? So I want you to think of that because tonight We're now at this point. We have just gone through the wilderness. We've gone through Egypt. We're standing at the Jordan River. Everything we want is over there. There are laws to getting it. And those are the things we're going to talk about tonight. Plus giving ministry to many of you. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Because that's his job. Praise the Lord. Remember, God ministers to different people at different stages of their life. Some are good, some are bad, and some are ugly. Some are godly, some are ungodly. Some are saved, some are lost. Some are righteous, and some of them are unrighteous. Some are doing good, and some are doing evil. But if you're in church, God has something to say to you. But don't be deceived. If you're doing bad, everything God tells you is paralyzed, waiting for your obedience. And if you die and never do it, it will follow you into heaven. So that when you try to accuse God for not being fair to you, he will say, oh, oh, wait a minute. Here are the 12 times I told you what I would do with your life and you rejected it. But I did tell you, this is how it could be. Ma'am, would you stand up there in the second row? S-s-s- yes, ma'am. Extend your hands over, over there. So, the seasons are changing for you, ma'am. You have switched fruitfulness. You have been in a a, a place where your fruitfulness was mild. But now the Holy Spirit has moved you on tonight, or today, to a season of outrageous fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. A place where you can say, I did not have that in my soul before, and now I have it. That really hurt me, and I've never been able to get over it, but now I'm over it. That really confused me, and I was even mad at God about that. But God has explained it to me, and now I know, and I'm at peace with it. That situation that I can't change, no matter what I say or do, I cannot change those people. I no longer need to change because of what God has done in my life. This is the season that you're entering. It is a glorious season where the fruit is falling from the trees. And all you have to do is get your basket, pick what you want, fill it up, eat all that you want, and give the rest to the hungry souls around you. Come on everybody, praise God a little bit and say, whoo, Jesus of Nazareth, O Lamb of God. Come on everybody. Look at somebody and say, I love being saved. I love being born again. I, 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 I love the Lord for everything that he does. God knows us and loves us and has prepared a table of delightful and delicious revelations that produce encounters. Don't be fooled by religion. It does not love you. It cannot help you. And all you've ever had for most of you is a little bit of religion And a whole lot of hell. And now it's time to switch gears. And say, I'm going in to my promised life. Let's all say it together. I'm going in to my promised life. Say it again. I'm going in. Tell everybody around you. Pick three or four. Say, you're going in. You're going in. Now, brothers and sisters and members of the jury, you obviously cannot go in if you don't come to church tonight at 6.30 so that I can give you the laws of possessing. They will change your life forever. But understand very clearly That nothing is going to get better. I know this is like not your normal preaching. Especially if you watch TV. But the truth is. Reality is the only way to change reality. Until you're honest. Nothing can change. And things are going to get better for every single one of you, if you want that. Praise the Lord. Let me speak to uh, the lady here, ma'am. You're in the fourth row. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Stand up a little bit. Ex- extend your hands over there. Go ahead and stand up if you would, ma'am. It is a time of great surprises, For as you have put one foot in front of the other for years, as you have just maintained as best as you could, God says, every time you did it, I added another blessing to the cart. I put another blessing in your treasure chest. I added another surprise to your experience. And you have switched today. From survival to thriving. Now your only problem is going to be, who do you invite to this amazing party that God has decided to throw for you? God says, I want you to be so happy that it will make up for all the sadnesses that you have to drink from. All the times you had to sit at a table that you did not set and eat things you did not cook. God says, now, as your heavenly father, I will carry you for a while. Then I'll let you walk for a while. Then I'll carry you again. I know exactly when you're ready to be carried. And I know exactly when you need to walk. Jeremiah 119. I'm very careful and very committed, saith the Lord, to make the word that I have spoken to you come to pass. You will taste it and it will become the sweetest fruit of your life. Praise God. What a great word. Everybody say, man, I love the Holy Spirit. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message,
0: please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.